Hello, and welcome to the Old Farm Bus Podcast. This is the back of the bus session. Hello and welcome to the Old Farm Bus Back of the Bus Sessions. Today's guest is really bloody lovely. <laughs> He's very, very, very talented, but is bloody lovely. So, without further ado, I'm going to dive in and get to know Tom Grant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> where, where is everybody? <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't worry, mate. Post-production. I've got that crowd noise. Uh, We're going to be fine. No awkwardness from me. <laughs> <laughs> no awkward Tom, silence. You gave me one of my favourite times of last year. Mm. It was my favourite time. I know we spoke about it before, but let's bring it into the podcast. Yeah. It was Life's Too Short single launch. Yeah. And it was a great, great single launch. It went on for about three hours, didn't it? It did, yeah. <laughs> started you know, at seven and then we finished at like midnight or something. You know a lot of songs, brother. <laughs> You're very, <laughs> very talented for that, just all, to retain all that information. Mm. But the moment I'm talking about is when you brought your dad on stage. Mm. That was... Oh, mate. <laughs> You're filling my heart, man, thinking about it. Yeah. But you got him up at the... Was it pro, like the last song or one of the last songs? It was one of the last ones before we all started going a bit crazy. Yeah, oh, man, <laughs> and it did go crazy after that. Yeah. Everyone was, like, getting up. You just had the biggest jam. Must have been about... 20 mus- musicians on the stage? Uh, Maybe 15, and you're all we, just playing different instruments. Everyone was jumping up and down. Yeah, we had, like, several, probably about 10, like you said, 10, 15 different um, <laughs> musicians playing, but we had, in total, about five people, a um, couple of surprise people. Yeah. With five people playing in total, so... Um, hey, you picked a great line-up, yeah. I tell you what. But that moment where he's like, Dad, come on up here. And I swear to God, he's been waiting for that all his life to get up mm. and he just ran to the stage and then you mm. sang what was it uh angels angels Probably. robbie williams yeah <sighs> tell me about that moment has he done that before yeah he's sung angels plenty of times at karaoke's and um <laughs> plenty of places elsewhere so but that was the first time i'd probably asked him up at um at a gig personally you know <laughs> so, did he has he spoke about it since um once or twice it's more my stepmom brings him up to brings it up to be honest and um so <laughs> you remember that time you got with tom and did karaoke <laughs> singing angels <laughs> yeah but yeah it was it was it was absolutely amazing you so know, it, was, it was really good was your dad a performer then um he's never really been someone who i would call an artist open but mics or things a couple he yeah, does a couple yeah. but you know since he got back from spain four years ago his his voice has, even as he admits his voice hasn't been the same yeah but um, he's still got it. He's still got a really good voice on him. And, you know, I've just kind of built on what, you know, I've got from that maybe. Mm. So maybe if he's carried that down to me. I don't know. But Do you think, did he inspire you as a kid? Like young Tom mm. <laughs> on <Definitely>. the rise? <laughs> did he get you, was it music that he inspired you in or did he just inspire you as a person? Music and computers, I Compu- think. Okay, awesome. So, good I combination. Work, yeah, because I work with computers for a living and... Um, and with music, you know, he he's played guitar since before I was born. And I've always wanted to learn guitar. I even asked him when I was younger, instead of learning the trumpet, I even asked my mum, actually, can I learn guitar instead of playing trumpet or cornet? And she was like, no. You're getting on the trumpet and that's final. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why so, did they want you to play trumpet so much? I don't know, because I think my mum was, um, my mum has a brother who plays in 
well used to or does still does plays in a big orchestra so i think she just wanted me to follow in his footsteps okay essentially it's tricky isn't it that mm. like when people want you to become a certain thing or a certain person mm. and follow footsteps it's like mm. it's ne- life never works out like that you never just follow no. you want to become your own person and just do what you're passionate about yeah when people try and force it, i've had it so many times people are like get good at this you're like i hate it <laughs> it doesn't make sense yeah never force yourself to be something that you can't like you, you don't you can't do like yeah you know you know if you can't do it you know if you 100 percent can't achieve that even i've had it in times where even it's the thing that i'm passionate about mm. when i force that it's still contrived and it still comes out forced mm. um I'm like, in my head, I'm going, I'm a poet, I'm a writer, I'm a writer. Mm. So every other day, I'm thinking, I should be writing today. Mm. And on them days where I'm really not feeling it, sometimes it's okay and you can get out the dip of it. Mm. But other times you're like, no, I've really just forced that and it sounds rubbish. (laughs) It just wasn't needed. You can just live life Mm. and then report back later when you're in a writing. Have you always wrote? Um, I've only really started writing songs... Uh, non-christian songs for the Mm. kind of past year or Mm. so nearly now but i started writing non-christian songs around three years ago um sorry normal christian songs around three years ago okay and then i just kind of i thought i couldn't do it writing non-christian songs and then it happened you know so christianity is part of your Mm. belief system oh amazing absolutely i've been i've been a christian pretty much all my life through sunday school and I was in my old church for about 22 years before I um, I then moved to on to another church. I kind of felt it was best just to move on, you know. Um, mm. I was doing helping out at the old church and musically as well as kind of as a kind of leader, kind of in, in a position of trust. Okay. But then I just kind of thought, because it's a traditional church, it's not the sort of um, kind of music that I kind of I can't really do with organ mm. music it's just not it's not me from what you said because I remember I did go to a Christian school when I was in primary school so mm. I don't know what age that is but it's like six isn't it six mm. seven eight six to eleven or something. yeah there we yeah. go uh but I got kicked out of that school it was Denby primary school oh, and right. uh we had to go to church in the morning every morning mm. but I remember the hymns was mm. the bit that I could vibe with I was like I, I, this <laughs> bit is what I want to do because everyone gets up and you're giving it some <laughs> but then it was like the half an hour hour after that where you had mm. to sit and listen I didn't uh, do good at that. All, thing, <laughs> all things bright and beautiful, mate. <laughs> yeah. There were some great songs back then. What's the yeah. um, rubber tree plant one? Oh, it's not from the tiny ant, is it? No. From, yeah, it is. Is it? From the tiny ant. Yeah. To, no, it is. Ru- yeah, I'm sure it is. It's the rubber tree plant. <laughs> do you know what? Just take songs and put them together. It sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I did primary and junior school. So I started at St. Lawrence in Long and then I went to Bisphon Drive in Toton, which is just outside Nottingham. And then in both those schools, we did hymns. Right. And we also sung the theme tune to EastEnders, <laughs> the Titanic. I, I was just thinking, why? Go on, what's your favourite Christian song of all songs? Do you, does have, it spring I don't have to a, mind? I, it, like with my friends, I don't have a favourite. You know? Okay. It makes the others feel like they don't belong. So, but <laughs> I, I love I love a song at the moment called Waymaker. That's really, really good. Um, good Grace by Hillsong. So there's plenty of plenty of good songs. I out love there. what you said then as well about favourites. He's like, yeah. no, like friends, they're all yeah. just as good as the next, mm. <laughs> and they can even apply to yeah, exactly, and mm. they can even apply to someone who's not a Christian, mm. and they might be a, a complete atheist. Mm. And if you're they're in, you're in they're in your car and a song comes on, and they're like, sounds a bit. Mm. 
or they don't even realize that and they're like oh that's a good song you know it's powerful and i'm like yeah it was a christian song until mm, you tell them mm. but then that could help them you never yeah, know yeah that they are infused with great messages and mm. all com- compassion based songs so mm. to me like as long as people are living in them principles mm. and them footsteps then it's it's a great world to live in so. yeah absolutely absolutely do do you read the bible still are you i do yeah okay i've got the bible up on my phone and i get um a verse got an a app day. now is it yeah yeah it's been an app for years <laughs> and years literally probably when the first iphone came out i think it was one of the apps that came out then potentially and there's a verse of the day every single day cool and my favorite viable verse and it which kind of applies to my mental health as mm. well as probably others is philippians 4 verse 6 which says do not be anxious or worried about anything but through thanksgiving and present your requests to god or mm. through thanksgiving and petition thank, present your request to god and then okay. Philippians four thirteen, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, etc., etc. You know, okay. It's just one of my favourite parts of the Bible. Uh, have you felt that it has helped your mental health and your mm. religion? Like definitely. Every time you feel a little bit anxious or worried, depressed, anything, you've felt like Christianity has been your saving grace, so to speak. And yeah, I wouldn't okay. be the person I am today mm. in terms of if I wasn't a Christian. I mean. Mm. You know, I've I've been through my fair share of things. I won't say everything because I don't want to sound self-centered, but... Hey, it's your podcast today, brother. <laughs> this is what it's about. It's the Tom Brandt show, yeah. I love you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was engaged to someone that unfortunately didn't, didn't uh, carry through. And, okay. um, you know, a lot of things were my fault in that. But mm. it was just kind of the fact that you know i don't want to go into deep massive detail yeah, about that fine, but man. that's where i kind of i think my mental health i realized deteriorated. It's, it deteriorated it started okay. and ever since then mm. i've had to be on medication for my anxiety you know i've tried taking my own life which wow okay. you know which a few people have, i know i've tried to do and mm. you know and i just what stopped me was just realizing what i had not what i didn't have mm. and wow man it's all good talking about it and pe- you see people discussing it and you hear people talking about it on the radio and you hear about all the deaths and things mm-hmm. but then the what what really does it for me what keeps my heart beating is the friends that i have mm. yourself everyone in the open mic community or musical community in nottingham and derby sure they are my family connected and... over a passion isn't it mm. and they're such passionate people but they're so loving and mm. kind and giving as well absolutely and you're like a part of what i've wrote down mm. you, you were diagnosed with asperger's i was yes what? when i was 13 13 okay and can you go into that a little bit about because i, I know yeah. nothing about that <laughs> so yeah <laughs> i've only got south park references to go off of and that doesn't help you in anything <laughs> or asparagus as some people yeah. call it <laughs> yeah. it's one of five a day yeah but <laughs> i think cartman said asperger's on one i was like as- that's a- just not asperger's. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> you've got to be able to laugh and yeah <laughs> yeah i try and laugh about it all the time you know mm. i went through school with being bullied about it and okay. things like dad and i've had plenty of my fair share of um horrible comments about yeah, it yeah. F- that made me feel like it's a curse but mm. people say well look look what you've become as a as a result of it mm. and then i say well i could just be like that anyway and they're like no no genuinely you're good at computers you're good at music you you're there for everyone you put others first mm. which i do generally yeah. and more than myself and people say to me you should put yourself first sometimes tom mm. and i go no, no I, that's never going to happen because 
you know, I'm always trying to make sure everyone's happy with me and I never upset them. I noticed on the night that I met you at your solo night, your launch, Mm. and you were just constantly going around to everybody, making sure they're okay, making sure Mm. they've got what they need, going to that. And it's like, Tom, this is your night, brother. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just relax and take it for you. But you were constantly just trying to make sure everyone was doing good. And mm. I, I really value that in you as a person. Mm. I, I wanted to get you on just because I like being around you. That energy yeah. that you give is so warming and honest. Yeah. And I said, do you think that is a part of Asperger's then? Are people with Asperger's like that? Is I think it, it differs in yeah, people. Okay. It depends on their upbringing. Because if you're, if you're brought up um, to kind of um, in, a, in, a, in a bad environment, then that... Some people may not be like that. Mm. It can it can be to do with upbringing. It can be to do with a lot of things. I mean, I was ra- I was raised by my mum till um, she met, she remarried at fifteen mm-hmm. uh, when I was fifteen, and um, so it was just me and her for a little bit. But then it was really it was that was really difficult. You know, I didn't really realise at the time because I was young. Yeah. But then I think that and being a Christian and just kind of being having a great upbringing and my dad was brilliant as well through you know. Through my childhood as well, mm. he was there for me, always, you know, phoned home and looked after me and everything because he moved away to Spain when I was at a young age. But, um, yeah, he's um, he's been brilliant from day one and <laughs> he's always been there, you know, we, everyone makes mistakes, and but, you know, I could never love him less. And that's that you always be true. always had that big connection with your dad then. Mm. You always had a strong force there. Because yeah. I, I, I witnessed it that night on that stage. <laughs> I was like, these these lads. Yeah. <laughs> just up there. Yeah, he's forgiven me for so many things. And, <laughs> and, well, when I say so many things, I mean like but big things. Yeah, yeah. And other parents may have kicked their kids out for that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's, it's the same with my mum, you so, know. So why... Um, did you get diagnosed with Asperger's? When did they go, let's find out what's going off here? Um, it was kind of my behaviour in school because mm-hmm. I was a bit of a troublesome kid up till I kind of started maturing when I was 14, 15 and onwards. Still maturing to this day. And then, yeah, it's kind of the kind of learning support kind of department there. Kind of, you know, they, they kind of presented a suspicion of it. And mm-hmm. then I went to a doctor, I got diagnosed and it hit me like a ton of bricks i thought i was diseased yeah tried taking my life you know wow so, so straight after that that was when the mental health really started to go downhill mm, well i didn't realize it as mental health really then i kind of only realized my mental health after mm. about three or four years ago that experience of, of yeah through the relationship but i think i had mental health in school i just didn't realize i had it because mm. Like us, like you asked me just now, you know, Asperger's is something which it affects who I am. A mm. lot of people think I don't have it. You know, they were like, I've never noticed that in you, Tom. I, I feel the same way, yeah. mate. Like, do you know when says it. We, we have a drink in the kitchen and we're just chilling and chatting and yeah. then you bring it up and you say, oh, I've ha- got Asperger's or I've been diagnosed with Asperger's. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> I, I don't know what it means, but I can't imagine yeah. you with any predisposition. No. I, I felt it um, at school when I got diagnosed with uh, dyslexia. Mm. I remember that hit me really hard. And I was always thinking, like, I, I thought it was a disease as well, like dyslexia. I thought, right, oh, God, what, when does the medication start? And yeah. when do I start having to go through tests? And, mm. it, yeah, that hit me hard. But I love your spin on, yeah, you could see it in a really negative light and look what it, the damage it does. Mm. Or you could go, look what sort of person you've become from this. Look, it makes you think outside the box in this way and mm. gives you this creative side. Yeah. And you feel that's what Asperger's has done for you then? Yeah. I mean, it affects 
my realization of things, my attention mm. to detail, and a lot of it is who I am. Yeah, it's yeah. part of me, and whether it's on the autistic spectrum or whether it's just something that you, is just in the back of your mind, mm. it's just something that I've just kind of I've just learned to live with, and maybe improve upon over time. Mm. But it's always going to be there. It affects the way I work. How, how old are you now, Tom? Twenty-seven now. Twenty-seven. So. Blimey, we're old, aren't we, brother? <laughs> we are. We are. A lot of people are like, <laughs> we're you, getting there. Twenty-seven. Really? I know. What's the secret you've got, man? <laughs> I don't know. I've got mom and dad to thank for that. <laughs> yeah, good genetics, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clean shape as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't grow beard. And I just... think I look my age. I'm twenty-seven, oh, but right. it's these little laughter lines. They get me. Yeah. They put me up an age or two. Yeah, you wouldn't believe Chrissy. My partner's ten years older than me. Really, thirty-seven. Wow, she, she looks, looks amazing. She looks doesn't like she? Twenty-five. I know, I know, hundred percent. Wow. <laughs> so, but when was the moment you really got into music? Then, um, I think when, like, when I did my gap year back in twenty twelve for Soul Survivor, which is a church based in Watford. On a gap year. Yeah. So yeah. a year away. A year away. Moved away from home. I brother. So, okay, going to this <laughs> then first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First and only time of being away from home. First and only year of being away from home. And I thought it would be a great idea. It was the best and worst year of my life for a lot of reasons. Because, okay. Um, but I'll come on to that a bit later. But sure. music-wise, I saw everyone playing guitar there, you know, because it was a Christian gap year. We all lived in different houses and flats around Watford. Mm. And um, one of my mates had a spare guitar. Right, okay. And um, I played it every single day. And then my mum bought me a guitar for Christmas. I didn't even know I was, I was learning, which was like... Oh, that one coincidence. Yeah. That one coincidence. No, screw that. But mm. Um, mm. And then I started playing that more and more, learning different chords. I taught myself mainly, but I learned off different people. I mean, one of my good friends, David French, I learned uh, a lot of things off him. I cover a couple of songs at gigs, but he was on that. Is he his me. own artist? Is he? He like, is, yeah. He, okay. He's not on Spotify as such, but mm. he co-writes for a lot of people. He, um, oh, wow. He lives in Singapore at the moment, but so he co-writes for a lot of people, you know. But um, he's a wonderful guy. He really mm. is. Everyone on that course. And you were just watching him. Was he really passionate when you played then? You were yeah. just looking over like, that's what I want to be. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, he was... You know, he he was really cool. You know, mm. he still is. I still mm. keep in touch with him. You know, and um, I cover a cover, sorry, I cover a couple of his, of his songs yeah, and gigs. Sure. And um, yeah, he's he's a, he's a generally good guy. You know, he's one of the close friend community. And he he just give you a guitar and start showing you a few chords. And it wasn't him who gave me the guitar. It right. was one, one of my other friends called Mike who did that. And um, literally. Um, yeah, as soon as I got my new guitar for Christmas, I gave it that gave that him that back. Mm. But his old guitar, the strings were old, and yeah. my fingers were almost bleeding after. Oh, learning. mate, what were they made out of? Like steel metal? String. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a first guitar like that. <laughs> steel, and, yeah. Do you know from the fret from the board? Yeah, yeah. The action was so hard to press down; it really yeah. hurt doing so. But then my dad bought me like a nylon string one, and it was oh, yeah. like really close to the board, and mm. it oh so much. It Classic was a delight guitar. to play, yeah, really comfortable. But mm. the first one, I think you've got to feel that pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got to build your muscles up in your fingers you've got and get to be scarred, yeah. yeah. Literally, and then I just kind of built on it, really. Um, Christian music-wise, wrote my first Christian song after a couple of, two or three years, after moving back to Nottingham. Can you remember how that went, the Christian one? Well, the Christi- first yeah. Christian song I wrote was, um, it was either All For You or Christ Has Come, and that's hopefully songs I'm going to be recording next, because right. I keep putting them off. But What's the uh, the Christian market like, then? So, it's it's a bit of an open market, really. I don't really know many 
Christian artists who locally or you know hey, you release all the better for you though mate yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got to get that niche in the market yeah I think it's a really quiet hey, this is a South Park episode <laughs> yeah it's, I've seen it. you could say that yeah <laughs> it's just it's just comic strip the whole time oh mate but I think it's it's I don't know whether it's a, a big one it's not I don't think it's as big as the one like you know with local people like you know Kelsey and the Embers and yeah, Joey and yeah. Bo and everyone like that I think it's just a kind of people do it, maybe do it ad hoc, or I don't mm. know people do it. The people I did a gap year with, they played guitar and sung. That's what gave me the inspiration to sure. to, to, to learn guitar and sing. Because I was singing prior to that, mm-hmm. I just wasn't very good. So um, I don't know if they did their own stuff on Spotify, but uh, they know I do my stuff on Spotify mm. now. But, you know, with these Christian songs I've got, I wanted to record them first. Excellent, okay. And then... I just thought, you know, I thought release releasing non-Christian music would be a better start personally, but now I can actually maybe start recording those now, and um, I don't want to keep putting them off because I keep getting inspiration to write new music oh, as well. So I feel I, yeah. I do. I'm go- Do you know when we get in later? I'm mm. gonna go on YouTube and just go on a bit of a Christian song binge because <laughs> back in the day there was some there was some belters out there, weren't there? <laughs> there were, yeah, yeah, there were. There, as we've said, the tiny amp one, <laughs> the old things bright and beautiful, amp. yeah, amazing grace. <laughs> you know, and you said before, like all you got to do for a Christian song is take like a. A, a well-known song like in the uk mm. and then just replace a few words with jesus yeah. and uh the lord and, and you're there yeah yeah I, I, did, I did yeah i did that with um i think um there's a there's a, a band i can't remember who they're called i think it newsboys or something like that okay they took coldplay's fix you Why? and they turned from they turned the words um you know the fix you bit you know um uh, and i will try to fix I you to fix you yeah yeah and then yeah. they they turned it into he gave his life to fix you like oh that, so. bless so. my <laughs> you've got a lovely voice dude uh, <laughs> tiny example you know. <laughs> if people want to hear the real thing they have to come watch me or where spotify. can they find it go on jump spotify at so. tom grant yeah just tom grant choices there's about three or four of the tom grants on spotify so you have to make sure you type tom grant choices life's too right. short the life's Brother. too short one mm. Go on, give me the inspiration, the story behind that, because that's a really yeah. deep song for me. Well, it's it was kind of it came about because I've always been someone who like I've always made the most of every living moment I have. Mm. Like, not like it's my last, because then I feel like the world's going to end the next minute. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but life. It, it, some people say a couple of people I know say life's too long, but mm. I say you know if you want to be a kid again and go back to school and do all the things you loved, then. I wish my life away wasn't in school. Big mistake. Because mm. like, that made me realise life is too short. And I just wanted to write and express mm. that feeling I had of how you only live once. And yeah. like the lyrics are in that song. And just kind of, you know, you're waking up one day and you don't kind of feel like... You don't make the most of like, you know, you'll be in a morning mood or mm. just, you know... A slice of luck and things like that, you know, you just, things like that. You just, I just wanted to express that. It really was for me, like so much simplicity in a song. It was like something as as simple as an affirmation of life's too short. Mm-hmm. But when I went to your launch and I was watching you sing the song, mm-hmm. you really meant it. Yeah. And your whole night, the emphasis of the night was just have a good time, really make the most of it. Mm-hmm. And I think people forget that to live in that a lot of the time that simplicity like be here be now mm. 
just be present. Yeah. And I felt that in your music. I felt <laughs> your, your, the simplicity spoke to me on a night. Because yeah. I was think I was in a bit of a, a time where I was trying to balance the podcast, do my own music, the mm. filmmaking, the business of the offer. Everything was getting on top of me. Mm. And I really remember just going to your night and you spoke to me so much in a song. It was mm. so beautiful. You're like, life's too short, kid. Just yeah. enjoy it. Make the most of it. Yeah. And man. I remember like, Tom, my <laughs> brother. And then your dad comes up, starts singing with you. And I'm like, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. such a, an emotional night. And you've got such a, a kind soul. A kind soul. Mm. And have you had that all your life? Um, probably. Mm. <laughs> I would hope so because... Um, I've always kind of, I've always been that kid who kind of, you know, um, I fell out with friends I'd known since year four throughout secondary, and mm. I wanted to, always wanted to be part of their lives. I never did that compul- like impulsively, but I've always been that someone who's unpopular. You know, yeah. I've got that look about me who I'm, I'm a vulnerable guy, a vulnerable guy, mm. and sensitive. I'm easy to, I'm easy, I'm sensitive, yeah, and I take a lot of things personally as part of me, Spurgis, and small things hit me really hard, and they'll, mm. I'll hang on to that, and I can't kick it out i just can't it's not just a case of manning up as yeah. a lot of people would say but you know it's it's, it's really difficult for me it's big things might not affect me but you know, even they still do but then the small so what, things do what would some like really obvious things in your asperger's like affect you like what sort of uh, characteristics would there be that you you relate to so is it in social situations social interaction is yes. the big thing about it and like i think anxiety can come into it as well okay. that can play around with it and you're just you're worried about upsetting someone or affecting mm. your friendship with someone or like um you're just you're worried about that what sort of position that person's in what they're going to do right or if someone's you're walking through the middle of town you're worried who that person's going to come up to you and do something and say something okay I mean, touch wood that uh, <laughs> it doesn't. But um, and yeah. what sort of coping mechanisms have you got for that? Then uh, just be yourself. Yeah, literally, just you know, you think of everything that everyone says to you in terms of uh, that mo- that person who you're walking past. You don't know anything about them. You just just think about something else. Mm. You know, I'll have music in my ears probably as well, or mm. I'll be walking to a, a gig or something. You know, that's, that was the case in the past, but um, I've always just kind of been myself and just mm. kind of, I've tried to pretend to be hard a couple of times, like, just literally like tall, yeah. Actually, I remember, I remember <laughs> you someone, <had> some? <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was in a weird situation once when I, and um, someone was like doing gestures at me in a car park, like, yeah. cause um, I was taking long to park. And when, uh, when I got out of the car, they were like, <laughs> he, he's big yeah he's, he's lanky <laughs> lanky you know what Mate. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times i've been in situations and out on town mm. and then just started acting and chameleoning like everybody else and i was like mm. what am i doing why am i talking that lingo when it's not part of who i am no but you just catch yourself doing it don't you like hang yeah. on a minute you Wake up a minute. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think when when people go into town or they're with their friends, sometimes mm. they can, and I don't mean this directly or in, to someone and anyone in particular, but I notice I can be a different person when I get around mm. my friends. I think everyone can be, 
you know. I think, and I think there's a, an element and a balance to that where it's nice because you're yeah. trying to make people feel comfortable. It's giving them that chameleon in mm. is reciprocating what they're doing to you. And yeah. you're, um, oh, there's a word for this, and, and I will think of that word in a minute. But it's bit, uh, my friend Kane explained it to me where if you've got kids that are sort of laid back and uh, acting a bit passive aggressive, mm. he will do the same, but not act passive aggressive, but sort of laid back and mimic i think was the word yeah their body language and how they're acting but it's supposed to sort of make them feel comfortable mm, put them so, in the comfort zone yeah that's just it <laughs> make them at ease about everything so, yeah and if you met somebody who'd just come out of the doctor's room a young person a young tom person and they've been told right you, you've got asperger's and they diagnosed them with it what advice would you give to them what would you say i would just say don't think of it as a disease even though you will mm-hmm. but i would just say Try and see it as a blessing or yeah. a gift because there's a reason. Obviously, like my dad says, everything happens for a reason. What goes around comes around, as mm. he says always. And yeah, yeah, it does. But like, um, I would say generally just think of it as a gift. Think of it as part of you. Oh, just pop me back on. Hello, mate. Yeah, on, just mate. generally think of it as a gift. Think mm. of it as a, as, a, as a blessing in disguise. Mm. Use those gifts that you're good at and whatever it is you're good at mm. and just build on that and tell people don't use it as your forefront excuse and like everything or if you're picked on someone if you're picked on by someone or you have a bad experience don't say things like oh you're picking on someone with a learning difficulty or anything Mm, like that just mm. use it for good don't Mm. use it for bad it's not a disease it's not cancer as much as i thought it was (laughs) but um and it's not a death sentence yeah yeah (laughs) but um what great you've got a lovely outlook on life where do you think mm. you picked that up from uh, I think just, uh, just kind of in over over time, <laughs> over time, life. Mm. You know, you know, it's just it's one of those things. You can either, you can either be someone who who is completely withdrawn, introverted, and you know, you have an outlook of things of just not being loud and out and about and just be so quiet. Or mm. even another type of person is that, or you can be an extrovert where like you're out, out about loud alpha male kind of hunter warrior kind mm. of person, always bigging up, always trying to get that you know kind of get that slot at a gig or try and support <laughs> someone or like. And I suppose it yeah. completely changes throughout life as well. Mm. You can yeah. become an introvert extrovert or an introverted extrovert or an yeah. extroverted introvert. <laughs> yeah, there's so many you, types of person. Yeah, <laughs> you can constantly change through it because there's times where I've just like been on the hunt for gigs and going out Mm. and meeting people and just being thirsty for it Mm. but then there's moments where I've wanted to just recluse and be at home and be relaxed and not be around people but it's forever changing and I think it's very much to do with how you're feeling at that time and just being reflective with that Mm. not not um being false to that feeling and just forcing going out when you don't really want to be no or the opposite like yeah. just staying in and it's like no if you if you're feeling that buzz apart from corona stay at home kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and what, yeah. so what are you feeling towards the music scene at the minute because i know like when i asked you like give me five things to that we all could talk about that are fascinating about you mm. it's very music infused which is great because yeah. i know you're so passionate about it yeah how are you feeling through these times you managed to be creative i think i'm 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 being I'm managing to still do what I love. Mm, and That's number one. Like people, music is my heartbeat. And mm. 
you know, I love, I like songwriting. I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's frustrating when you can't because you want to think of ideas. You've got to turn those chords or words into chords or, mm. and put them together. And then all of a sudden you have a song. But yeah. then how I've kind of built on that, you know, I've been asked to do more gigs in this lockdown than I have prior, maybe because of choices or maybe because of just the way things go. Cause I've always had to try and get gigs off people or ask mm. around, but people are coming to me with them now and you know i'm still awaiting that special support slot someday you know mm. if and when things kick off again but i don't kind of obviously they're good things to aim for but you know i don't set my goals as a consistent kind of like you know i'm expecting to be that support act for someone mm. i just kind of wait for that right moment i never ask anyone i hate asking people for gigs i really yeah, do yeah. but what i've how i've coped with that through lockdown is cuz i've just kind of thought you know I'm going to build on choices. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try and do more with that. And I've, over the next few weeks, I've got some really exciting things coming mm. up filming wise as well. We've got to keep them on the hush. Yeah. Down, I've got yeah. to keep them on the hush at the moment, <laughs> on the hush at the moment, but watch this space. If you care, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> you heard it here first you, people. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And those, and they'll be out soon. Those, I'm doing a couple of live sessions at the moment. I'm happy to talk about that, but other stuff, which I've got coming up, you know, is is gonna be in the safe for now but and i can't wait to release that you know how do you feel that being on facebook and doing the live scenes uh, d- doing the live gig sorry are you yeah, enjoying that i love it um if it's if it's kind of if you're only seeing one person in your live stream or mm. there's no people it is very disheartening mm. at, at, at the time but like it's it's just a case of just just carry on you know yeah, people yeah. are gonna watch that back and they're gonna like it mm. and or eventually or it's or comment on it. it's like you know i'm gonna do a gig now and then everyone's mm. gonna have to be there but it's easy for people to like tune out or yeah. go around when you're at gig they're they're there mm. and they've gone out specifically to see it and that heart to heart that connection that we were talking about it's all it's feeling and they're there mm. through a screen it's it's very different isn't it it's mm. a different experience but yeah for the artist, for you to just be creating it because of the passion and the love of it, at least it's something. Mm. We can hold on to something. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I have a certain degree of self consciousness when I'm doing a live stream. Mm. You know, I'm worrying if I'm saying the right stuff or mm. if someone going to judge me. You never know. It's who's weird, watching isn't it? Do you know when, like now, when we press play and a button and. Mm. The, Am I going to say something wrong in this? I know we can edit it, but yeah. still, it's as soon I get that feeling when I press play on something. Yeah, I'm like I freeze up. Yeah, when I get on a stage or I'm in front of people, I can usually just flow and talk, mm. and I find my zone. Yeah, but it, yeah, these weird things. <laughs> these <laughs> those weird things. <laughs> I mean, as a filmmaker, I shouldn't be doing saying that, but yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, Definitely puts a different mm. emphasis onto you, doesn't it? One of the things I love about life is life is completely unedited because mm. it's you know you're, you can either live it to the full or you can. It depends how you know if you're in a difficult situation where you're anxious, depressed. You know the last thing you want to do is is speak to someone or when people always say to you, "Speak to me," you know I'm right here if you need me, mm. which I do, you know. But or if they're if they're busy, it's difficult when they say they're busy. But you know it, you you hold. You know, you make your own destiny, or mm. as I say, God makes us. God makes our, des- our own destiny for us to make of it what we think of it. Mm. So, but yeah, life is completely unedited, and you know what you see in front of you is not something that you know you control. Everything you do, yeah, you, know, yeah. you can you can you control something you lift up. You yeah. know? <laughs> I know exactly where you're going. Now. Yeah, I think if people 
took that onus on them mm. and they made sure they lived it in that way mm. how how much better people would be be living and pursuing their dreams and their passions because yeah. they took the whole control i like somebody said to me once like you're in control of this you imagine it as a game and yeah. you're picking up the controller you've got to press player one and you've got to go for it and yeah. that i mean speaking to me in terms i understand like gaming i'm like let's go baby yeah, right? i love gaming yeah. <laughs> ps5 all over it oh really are you gonna get it straight yeah, up yeah straight out mm. hopefully so um i managed to squeeze that alongside what, the what do you play what's your game choice uh, i'm a bit of a mix of everything you know gta rainbow six okay um, all the hardcore ones fifa then. yeah especially De- destiny and uh nice. among us recently and four guys you know have you do you play uh fifa online uh, not so much. I'm more of a career, a career mode kind of offline kind okay, of person. Yeah, you like I only, to build a story. I see. Yeah, <laughs> I only I, lo- I only prefer to play people that I know in yeah, real life. Yeah. You know, not some so, little kids somewhere no. in it. <laughs> just no. getting battered ten nil because the dad's bought them like all the special packets and yeah, stuff. <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't understand. Chrissy, the... Chrissy, why has he got Ronaldo, <laughs> Messi, and everybody else? Neymar and everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I've got Saul Campbell at back. <laughs> Icon, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just prefer to play the offline. It doesn't stress me out, and I, you know, I have a go at the ref sometimes. But mm. I'm more of a kind of person. I just prefer to be outside and yeah. making the most of, like you say, life being too short. <laughs> I, I think that's Hashtag. what comes across in your music, though. Mm. You said to me something once, but you, you very much live life and then come back and record it, and uh, mm. you start putting it down. And I started. Uh, like I've said in, I think in this podcast even, but mm. when I was forcing myself to write all the time and not living life, not going outside and exploring and being with people, mm. my my writing became very stagnated and it was very mm. much just writing the same thing in a different yeah. rehashed way. But the moment I had, say, six or eight months out of writing mm. and I went and lived life again, I remember I come back to the pen and I was like, oh, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff coming out yeah. here. You've got a whole um, inventory of ideas mm. or arsenal of ideas. And so. is that how you seem to write? Do you give yourself a bit of breathing space from it and then mm. you go and live, like, live outdoors and do all your crazy stuff and then come back if you want it too much you won't write a song Mm. but if you kind of just you know you have a long think i think all my kind of thinking with my songwriting i don't write things down to do it like when i'm worried i don't write think these things down i I very rarely i do because people say writing it down is helping Mm. but with songwriting um i just kind of it all comes from here because i'd rather not do something that's scripted Mm. I, I don't want my music and songwriting to be scripted. I yeah. want it to be from here and Authentic. from here. Yeah. And the people that make that, you know, mm. you know, I've, I've tried writing fast-paced songs. You know, it doesn't work. When mm. I write stuff about not just personal, but stuff that's on my heart and yeah. how I'm feeling, I turn that into music. Mm. And as my stepmom reminds me of almost every week, your music's incredible. You know, mm. she she loves it. I'm glad she enforces <laughs> that on you. Yeah. She is. You've got to... Yeah, she's wonderful, Debs. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Debs. Yeah. Keep, keep pushing old Tommy Boy forward, eh? That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, she's she's incredible. She is. Yeah. Have you been writing a lot through lockdown? Yeah, yeah. I wrote I wrote choices okay. um, in lockdown around the. Are you allowed energy. to talk about choices at all? Are you allowed to talk about the writing through it? Or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just I just can't talk about my plans. The next for it. bit. Yeah, I think people have worked it out already. But, but um, yeah, it was. I'm more than happy to talk about the songwriting side of it Excellent. because it was just kind of. I was going to call the EP back in. I wanted to do an EP back in March when I released Life's Too Short, and a couple of people were like, 
you can't really nah your life's too short doesn't talk about that you know brother when i wrote brother back in first on well i'd written brother by the the ep launch but it was Mm. in very early stages but then um or should i say life's too short launch but then um i kind of i released that on the first of april but then people like it doesn't reference choices but then I thought, well, why don't I write a song about that then? Because mm. you can take stuff from those things and the, what's on my heart and what I've been through. And you have a choice, you know, your head's a lighthouse, it guides you through, you mm. know. And, you know, um, you just kind of, I just built on that. And then, yeah, I didn't expect to get BBC introducing out of that at all. That was a Mate, complete let's, surprise. Let's have a little moment for that. Another one of them. Yeah. What was it like being on BBC introducing? How Literally. Did you feel that? When I got the email, mm. I was a day late. I didn't have time to update my picture or anything. <laughs> that was on BBC. Bloody hell, Gene, Dean Jackson, what are you playing at? <laughs> I asked him to change it, but I was very grateful. <laughs> but yeah, when I first got the email, the first thing I did was run downstairs to my dad. And I was like, Dad, I'm going to be on the radio. And then I phoned Joey, who yeah. literally has mixed, produced and recorded all of my music, Joey Collins. Lovely He's lad. One of my closest mates, honestly. Mm. He... I phoned him and he was like, oh, yes, get in, man. I didn't know if, if nothing else would make it, then, then I don't know what else would. But then I told him, I told Bo, who who um, features on my music. I told Miles, told literally everyone, you mm. know, told my family. And my family were, were tuning in and literally when he went out on that Saturday night, I think it was um, July 26th or 25th. Mm. So... Um, it was incredible. It really yeah, was. Yeah. It really was. And I felt so proud. It was one of those kind of butterfly moments. You don't know what to do, but you just kind of... Did you stay up and... What time was it on? About Where? quarter nine it was on. Okay, so you stayed up then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Early night, yeah. Got in bed for nine, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get me get me lullaby in my bedtime story. Yeah. Tuck me in. <laughs> do, a, do a show with enough The Big Bang Theory and tuck you in. <laughs> with The Big Bang Theory on? Yeah, yeah. yeah I love great. that show. It's a great show. But yeah. let's... Yeah, into that. So what did Dean say about it can you remember that moment he said it was just great to kind of um hear about you know the what people are kind of struggling in lockdown with mm. and just maybe people can u- use that song to help him in whatever situation mm. and when he talked to, to his producer about it and when he started promoting like my instagram and my facebook i was like yeah just it was just incredible to be kind of a role model for that mm. and you know, since then I've built on that. I've done charity gigs for live ones happily, and I love doing charity gigs. I did an incredible yeah. one the other day for um, for um, for homeless children, and uh, it's, it's such an incredible cause. You know, when you see these things on the TV, you just kind of that that part of you gets tired of seeing it because we already know about it. Yeah, yeah. But when you know you. I want to kind of push it because, you know, when you see it for yourself, when you go out, when people go out to these countries, they say, and you see on TV, it's horrible. It's disgusting. Mm. It really is how mm. our world can be deceived as something like that. And we, we allow, not that anyone allows it to happen, but no one helps them. And we yeah, have to have charities yeah. to do that. So I suppose they do allow it in that way of not helping mm. is allowing. Yeah, I guess. And the fact that governments don't do enough, mm. you know, they let all these people ride around in rich cars and everything. <laughs> when, you know, if they gave just a portion of that, you know, like Marcus Rashford, for example, great guy isn't he really incredible you know he's he's been he started doing good in football now because he's been playing rubbish recently but you know his, <laughs> his poverty work was better than his football which i think was was great because you know it, it might not have helped his team at the time is playing you know and stuff but the fact he what he did he, is just incredible you yeah know? It's, a, it's a fantastic role model mm. and to show that yeah how footballers can use their money and can use their platforms yeah. i think more people could take that on board. Absolutely. It, that seems like what you 
want to do with your music is to help people is that mm. like i want to inspire i want inspire. to inspire people you know mm. i love me role models like john mayer and callum graham and all sorts of musical artists from far and wide but i just want to help people that's mm. who i am my heart my heart is to help people my heart is to be there for people no matter what background they're from even if they're toxic towards me or salty i'll still be the be same there. person I am, you know. Like yourself, you know. Very rarity. Oh, hey, toxic. <laughs> no, 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 I mean... I'll like... even help you, Mikey, even though you're a bit of a git. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, helping people, you I know. I know exactly what you mean, my brother. But, but like, <laughs> it's just... Why Why not, you know? We, mm. we're we brought in the, into this world to help people. We are one, essentially, you know. That was what I wanted to write a song about, and that's what Life's Too Short was going to be. Mm. But then I kind of... Um, I just turned it into something different, but then, you know, we are we are we are one essentially. We're all human. We all came from something, you know. Where I want to die believing in something as well. So, and we we all came from something. So let's just make the most of that, you know. That Mate, when I uh, cut this podcast up, I have little snippets, and that's going to be in that. <laughs> Promise you now. <laughs> we are one. So make the bloody most of we it. We are one. Life <laughs> you is listening an e- to this. <laughs> <laughs> Life is uneditable. Future Mikey and Tom. <laughs> Life is unscripted and un- uneditable, you know. Mm. Whatever you believe, parallel universes and all that, I believe mm. it's completely unedited. unedited and Do you I like think... Rick and Morty? Uh, not, not as such, <gasps> no. Not, not Get really. out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned parallel universes and I thought we were going to go diving into I mean, Rick and Morty. It's not that I don't like it, I just don't watch it, you know. Okay. I've watched a couple of episodes. So and maybe yeah, it's you funny. can get to like it then. Maybe, I won't yeah, rule we'll, it out. We'll see. Thank God for that. I've got too much kind of, I just, I'm sort of a YouTube guy, I watch, you know. Okay. And I watch food what, films. Yeah, where, what sort of rabbit holes do you go down in YouTube? Marvel and uh, covers from people, Boyce Avenue. Right. I mean, I watch a lot of, our, I like to support all the local artists, you know. Joey's recent videos up, you know, Bo's BBC introducing stuff, which is incredible. You know, he's, that guy's going places. Yeah, you know, yeah. As, you, as you talked about before, you know, he's 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 an incredible guy. You know, and he's got such potential as well. Mm. But I've watched people like him, Kelsey. You're so community based, aren't you? Yeah. You've got such a, a kind nature to want to help people but bring people together yeah absolutely lo- do you feel that in nottingham do you feel the love there mm, i feel the love from you know people who i like to be reminded of it i like to hear the words and when mm. i mean jack savoir said to me to me the other day who runs the six barrels open mic he says to me oh man there's one in a there's one in a lifetime of you you know mm. in terms of one in a one in a kind of a person in existence like you mm. you know there could be someone else out there similar to you but there's no one that is you mm. you're just so kind man and like to hear that from someone you know him miles and plenty of other people i don't have closest friends uh, mm. i mean i have closest friends but i don't have a closest friend everyone just, is my family you know yeah family yourself and everyone i've mentioned already you know it's just you know why why would i have a closest friend when everyone is just the same mm. in terms of towards me and they show the same amount of love towards lot, me a lot of pressure in it when you've got to yeah. pick a closest <laughs> i don't know i think you're all yeah. all right in your own little ways yeah <laughs> i don't need to pick a best right now do i no. as much as i would i always love to name drop every single person yeah. out there you know mm. those people know who they are and mm. they don't need to be reminded of something on a podcast you know and mm. name drop but they should feel how much of an important influence they've been in my life, you know. And from halfway through in this podcast, we were talking about your year out, mm. and you said it was the best and the worst time of your life. Yeah. Can you jump into that a little yeah. bit? Like, what what was the best and worst part of your life then? Best part's learning guitar, mm. you know, 
that was where kind of the hashtag one true family kind of started for me and we always used to quote that on throughout the lectures we had and the theory we had to do you know and you know the best times were you know um one of them was watching Andy win Wimbledon. <laughs> that was another thing. But the main Andy good Murray. times... Yeah, Andy Murray, yeah. The are bu- you into tennis, are you? A little bit. I like my F1, my tennis, more than probably football, you know. Sports, 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 sports. Sports, 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 <laughs> you know. A bit of football. But, yeah, the, the, good, the good things about that, pod, um, about that year were just kind of just mixing with people, you know. Mm. It was hard in the beginning having to live with people I'd never met from day one, sharing a room with someone I'd never met who I never knew. What were you all there for again? Just so we were doing a Christian gap year and, and we were, gap year. we took on several different things in the church. So there was church planting, there was production, there was, there was and, where, kids and where work. were you based again? In Watford. Okay. In Watford, Soul Survivor Watford. And you, so uh, you, your year away was in Watford? Mm. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Met KSI and things like that in one of his videos, but that's another story. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that was a really, really good year, you know. And the, the Christian friends I know, well, Beth, someone called Beth Croft was my boss, and she always, you know, I was such a kind of a bit of a lazy person, and I struggled to kind of realize how important that year was. And she mm. reminded me just to kind of keep active, keep positive, and. And, you know, the worst parts of that year would have been being away from home. You know, I missed home right, so okay. much. I missed my mum. I missed... A I whole missed, year from home? A whole year. Well, it was 10 months, but it was okay, yeah, that's It was extended. Long enough. I stayed behind a bit to help out and, you know, because I was doing the production technical side it of the It can't have been that bad if you wanted to stick around. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to live there. I won't lie. I wanted to live and I'd go back there and live there for a whole year. Not even mm. more than that if I could. Mm. But I love home too much. And what I've built up at home, the friends I've made, I couldn't leave that all behind. Mm. And... That you know the church as well, especially and just the music, especially now, gives me even more of an excuse to stay, mm. and I can't leave that behind. Mm. I, I mean, I could go there. I know a few people there already, you know, and but the people that I kind of I lived with there have gone on to do bigger, better things. People came from far and wide to do that course. Okay, New Zealand, so America. Sort of, yeah, what sort of things would you be doing on a daily? What was so, happening around? I lived in a block of flats with people, sixteen people. Right, yeah. I was on the first floor, and there was two more on the second floor and then the third floor there was another like, like, lads I, I took some of my closest friends as well from that 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 year but what the kind of my my uh, a day in the life of, of tg as they called me there <laughs> yeah. i would wake up um go to either go to a lecture or go to do some work obviously get at breakfast yeah get dressed have a shower or have a shower then get dressed <laughs> <laughs> rather you do it in any way you want you do it however tg <laughs> Turn up your does it <laughs> yeah but then yeah I'd get up go in and then I'd, it'd be about 10 15 minute walk there and um i'd do whatever I needed to do, like mm-hmm. sort out the lights, the instruments on the stage, the sound, the cables, make sure that the computer was ticking over with the words on the screen sure. and the, everything. The technical side of the church, me and this guy called Rob Moles were in charge of that on the course and Beth Croft and another guy I think called Tom was our boss as well in terms of looking after everything and, and making sure we were doing what is right. We could speak to them about anything we were unsure about. And yeah, they, they were our mentors as well and we used to obviously, we all start always used to have um, theology as well which would entailed entailed um theology learning, theology so learning more yeah. about the bible and right okay the main people the the main kind of i was trying to break it down in my head <laughs> theology theology yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does the it theory mean? side the yeah, theory side theory makes sense <laughs> one of the pastors of the church called andy croft and the main guy called mike pilavachi he mm. They some Andy was the main kind of guy who did all our theology and the odd bit of the odd guest and things and the odd 
we had a couple of famous Christian song, singer-songwriters come on as well. Cool. And they did their own kind of help to learn more about the Bible, help me do a talk, which was, which was really good. I took that back to my main church. So your lectures were very much all biblical, all Bible-based. Yep. Big room and... full of 50 people as well, and uh, we'd pray for each other, we'd sing together. Oh, mate. We'd have someone each week, um, or sometimes... Sounds like a right hoot. Oh, it was brilliant, honestly. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant, and it was... I wish I could do it all again, you know. Mm. I don't know how they're doing it now. So were you very reluctant to leave home uh, when <sighs> it was starting up? I was. I always used to cry when I was going on a kind of winter camp, like with um, uh, in with like boys' brigade or like church like groups. You know, I used to, used to cry to my mum, like I don't want to go, I don't want to go, mm. but I had the best weeks. Yeah. But this yeah. was a similar circumstance. I didn't cry when they left. Obviously, it was upsetting. Mm. I used to cry when I was used to call my mum. I used to say, "I hate this. I just don't want to be here anymore. I want to mm. come home." I'd paid four and a half grand, including living costs, everything apart from food. <laughs> I know it covered all the theory. You know, I went to America on that course as well, but I'll talk about more, that a bit more in a bit. But um, literally, um, yeah, I paid that, all that money to be on that course, and I didn't want to lose that. Yeah, know, sure. I'd, fun, I'd fundraised as well to go on that course. And okay, what were you doing for fundraising? How I, are you getting the money? I did a fifty-mile bike round. Hello, uh, hello, around <laughs> Nottingham. Yeah. Okay. It, How did ex- you prep yourself for that? Um, I didn't. <laughs> I, just get, I didn't. Dad, Dad, next I did. week I'm going on a 50 miler. You've got a bike. <laughs> I was a lot fitter then than I was now. Trust okay. me, I've not done any exercise for a good year or two. Mm. I mean, like gym work and stuff, you know, but um, I eat healthfully. Are you the missing op- that, g- the gym work? Yeah, I just, I want to go back, but it's just, I don't have the mo- same motivation anymore. But how I prepared for that was just, I was actively fit anyway. I used to do this bike club with my, one of my mates who I've known since year four and mm. I've stayed with to this day. His name's Connor. And what and would you do just on the weekend get out to get for the full day? Sunday morning, nine o'clock would be up. No <laughs> lying. We'd leave about eight half past eight and we'd go to either Sawley or Beeston, meet these other guys, and we'd all go on a big bike ride together. It's beautiful. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was beautiful. We do it's a 40... much better way than how I used to spend the time. <laughs> yeah, we do 40, Getting 50 drunk miles. on park benches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wished I was doing that instead. <laughs> yeah, we do 40, yeah. 50 miles sometimes. That's crazy. Okay. And, how um, much did you make with your fundraising? Can you remember how much? We've, I think I raised over four and a half grand, you know. Whoa! I think I raised about... Um, my parents gave me about 500 from the jewellery and things. I sold my old computer for about 500. That was another grand. Then my own church gave me 250. And mm. then I saved up a bit as well of my savings. And then I just got donations in from people. The donations just kept coming. The money kept coming. Mm. And I was like, where are this? where is this coming from? Like, And... Even the donations continued as a, to help me with my food and costs because I didn't have a job. How how else was I going to pay for my food? And my mum, you know, with the with the sponsorships and the stuff we had, we'd get. Um, she'd send me a bit of money a month from the from my bank or. Mm. Well, I had my own bank, but she'd send me money as well from that because we had our own kind of ISA for it. Okay. But um, you know, a lot of people were worried about that about that course in terms of how they're going to, you know, because you weren't able to have a job. You know, yeah, sure. You weren't able to have a part-time job either. You can volunteer, but you can you can't physically, you know, you can't physically have a job on it. And and, and come on, dive me into going to America because that's somewhere oh, I really want to go in my life. Yeah, I've been, I've been twice. I went to Florida when I was eight for my eighteenth. I went to Universal and uh, and whatnot, and uh, I think I went to the Epcot Center and went in Wild Water Park, which was incredible. Mm. But then when I went to Chicago with this gap year, yeah. I went with a few people, the Mike Pilavachi and a few of his people, and some of the guys on the course. Went with David, the guy I told you about, David French, 
and um yeah that was that was kind of our first kind of where we bonded you know we shared a room we stayed in someone from the churches that we were visiting what would you be doing there then again another day in the life of tg day in the life of tg in america so (laughs) american style (laughs) it was a horrible process to get there because our flight was delayed by like four or three or four hours or something Mm. we we were awake for over 24 hours and uh one of the guys i shared a flat with at the time um was coming with me as well and um we were meeting david there and yeah it was a horrible journey there i was falling asleep in the first service because as soon as we landed we had to obviously unpack and go go out and about in places and then when it came to the evening we were all just like just this <laughs> i think there's a photo of us on facebook somewhere i'm all just like <laughs> disheveled our looks. hair's all messed up and everything <laughs> greasy and <laughs> come go now please <laughs> my, my mate rob moles who was my production mate who I, we I did on the course was there as well and you know, and it was such an incredible time. You know, we went to different churches as well, worship conferences. We travel around with Mike. We went to the, um, what's it called? Uh, the big Willis Tower, that's it. It used mm. to be the biggest building in the world. We went there. There's a, this glass platform you can look through, which one of my mates, Chad, who was on the course, was like, what if what if the panels give way? I'm not going anywhere near that. And all the, <laughs> some of the girls on our course were like looking after it, and I was feeling the same. And I, was, I eventually braved it. And we went there. We had some Ameri- amazing Traveled all American food. Traveled all over the place. Wow. Yeah. Went all around American Chicago. American food. Go on, then. Like, oh. what, like... Pizza, but yeah, but but, but Americans, it's just bigger in it in yeah. America. You, you're not, you know, York Italian and all that. Yeah, don't, don't worry about it. Don't kind of worry thing. about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> sort of the mafia kind of. Yeah, did you go to a few of them places? Went to an Italian, yeah. And oh, that's exactly beautiful. what they sounded like. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> Stereotypes exist for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Never ever intending to diss someone's accent. No, as long as it's nice, oh, it was, I'm in. <laughs> it was an it was an incredible kind of course because mm. it was an incredible sorry time in. A, in america because these people took us in like they were they were they were our own family they took us in like they were we were you know that we were our own family we were staying in people's houses of the church family members of the church that didn't even know us and they were so kind that's the beauty with religion Mm. and with groups when people align themselves to a certain group or a certain religion or a certain belief system yeah they they join that force together they have that community of feel and values yeah like you don't really get that with atheism do no. you <laughs> no yeah. i mean you I mean you get their sort of view of like they don't believe in it it's done nothing mm. in their life and they just don't believe anything exists but they mm. really they're like i respect you you and not just because probably because they like me as a friend but if it was someone mm. else who was an atheist they'd be like i don't really, i don't respect christianity but I, mm. I hardly see that but my all my friends i know respect my and christianity it, and again each their own for all their views and all like the journeys they've been in have mm. led them to the beliefs that they've got now never mm. used to tell anyone i was a christian and i was okay. scared it would just be more ammunition for people to bully me with it mm. i was one of those mm. kind of loners quite a bit in school mm. and then i was just kind of trying to be in group a couple of groups of people who are basically growing up within uh, like this this the junior school kind of thing mm. and then throughout secondary but then i never told anyone i was a christian and i probably should have yeah know. there's a lot of there is a lot of uh taboo behind it isn't there and there's yeah. a lot of um ideologies and people mm. align themselves with like what a strange thing to be a part of mm. or god but again if something's based on good-hearted principles and people live by that mm. to its core i suppose what i've struggled with in religion is when everybody's they've followed it to the t and it's made them not nice have you seen like the most hated family in america uh, i was watching a documentary with louis no. theroux 
and he met them and they they were christian but then they take plaques out like god hates these people god mm. hates gays god hates this god and mm. it's like you can't just take all his all these words and mm. just interpret it however you want to to your particular set of beliefs does that make sense like yeah. uh, of people to use it as a tool for hate that's when mm. i'm lost i'm like no i'm i'm out of this religion <laughs> I'm, i don't take it but yeah. i've got the golden rule on my arm it's the all the religions mm. say like treat others as you wish to be treated mm. and that's as soon as i heard that i was like that's what i want that's what i believe in yeah and as soon as people fuel it with hate yeah i'm, I'm out <laughs> <laughs> but you seem like somebody that's always used kindness as as your tool yeah it's something which i live by you know mm. i live my life why not be kind you know mm. and i don't see why people don't move you know they should do it more often if they can amen so what is the next steps for tom grant what is coming apart from not giving away too much yeah so mm-hmm. Yeah, music-wise. Um, Anything-wise, yeah. Music Where wise, are you going, brother? What's I'm, happening? I'm trying to write a fast-paced song with someone because if mm. I can't do it myself as much or if I spend forever doing it, I could be doing it first in my life. So I'm going to try and co-write with someone. Some yeah, collaboration. I'm, yeah, I'm do, doing that with a guy called Graham at the moment, but I've just had no time to do it recently. But mm. that's a plan. Um, get try and um, just you know, get my name out there in terms of... Uh, I just love doing gigs. I've got mm. my own setup. I've got my own PA and everything. I've got my own home, home setup, which I've spent a lot of dedication and time to put together. And money. <laughs> and money, yeah. I was just trying not using, trying not to use the magic M word, you know. Okay. The magic just, M word. The magic M word. Teach me about that, man. What, <laughs> you're not a fan of money. I mean, it's not like I don't like it. I don't carry money. I don't carry much money. I have to mm. go and get it out if I want to kind of, if there's a place that don't take card or whatever. Sure, sure. But I just think it, you know... A lot. People say the world's driven by greed and the world's driven by power and responsibility and mm. always m- making themselves look like they're doing the best thing or they've got money, nice this, nice that. Mm. They've got a car and finance or something. But you know, it's just a case of just living your life to the full mm. and mm. not being too material. But mm. if you want to be materialistic, then go mm. go ball with it. Yeah. As long as you're not hurting others on the path there. Exactly. And that's all you need to be. I, I had a bad relationship with money. I used to see it as mm. this toxic beast that used to take over me and I just wanted the next thing and the next thing. Mm. And then I just went the other way where I was like, oh, right, I don't need any money in my life. I'm just going to eradicate it and just yeah. live without. And you can't live like that either. So I got to this mm. point where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use it as fun tokens. <laughs> and I'm just going to get money to yeah. get my food, get my rent paid. And then on top of that, do the nice things that I want to do. Yeah. But a thing people struggle with nowadays is enough. We don't seem mm. to have enough of clothing or food or time or any. Just having enough, we want more and yeah. more. And that's where the greed comes from. I was watching The Hobbit last night, can you tell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that just like completely devours himself over the gold. Yeah. And uh, Foreign, that's, yeah. yeah, that's it. And that's how I became with it for a while. Mm. Um, but I don't think it was 
realistic to think I'm going to go and live in a wood somewhere with nothing <laughs> barefooted yeah, just, just in a hobbit ton yeah. what we need to find in life is balance and mm. being able to say I'm going to try a bit of this and a bit mm. of that and make it work for me and know who you are as a person yeah we could sit all me and you like little philosophers <laughs> over here yeah <laughs> why aren't we running world <laughs> yeah yeah definitely it'd be a nicer place wouldn't it Tom oh it would be you know <laughs> What, I mean, what other things are you into as a person? Like, you've got a lot lot of passions, it seems. So, like, we've already discussed, I'm into my games, mm. my music. I love computers, you yeah. know, I love fixing them, and I love being... You, said, you told me before the podcast, but you made a computer, didn't you? Yeah, I built, I built it with my dad when I was um, eight years old, I think, seven or eight years old. It was a Pentium 4, and he had, a, back then, an amazing graphics card. Pentium mm. 4 was like the beans back then, you know. Yeah, the, the base Windows, days. I think it was Windows ME or mm. Windows XP eventually. And then, um, you know, XP, is, I was, uh, people will know it's, it's it was amazing up until it died. And mm. then, I just ever since then, I worked on it through kind of just gaming, adding kind of learning bits over the years. And then... I kind of I studied it in school, got like a pass or a C out of it, mm. and then I left school and did it in college. And then since then, I just kind of got jobs here so, and there about so, it. So come on, from the from the off, how does one go about building a computer? Well, where'd you start with something like that? So you got to get yourself a case, and you've got to mm. get a motherboard that fits that case, otherwise you're drilling holes in it. Mm. And then you've got to get the processor, the graphics card, the SSD. And um, pretty much the power supply, otherwise it won't. Otherwise it won't power. So how much so, could you make a computer for then? If you want a gaming PC, you can yeah. be, be, between five hundred. I'd say four or five hundred plus if you want a decent one. Okay. Maybe even more. But you could literally just get the bits online, all the different bits, and you could yeah. piece that together and create a computer. Mm. I was self-employed wow. for a bit in terms of I did my own thing in terms of doing fixing IT problems, building computers as well, mm. setting up printers, and then what I do now is I, I work in Leicester now so um, I'm an IT technician there now so uh, and I just I love that job I love helping people and, mm. and the people's what does it for me I don't do it just to get paid and pay my rent and everything yeah I do it the people's reaction either well it was either it was in person but now through a team's call reaction through the phone yeah when you fixed a problem oh mate that's what does it for I'll me i tell you what there's nothing worse than with a computer when it just starts going mental on you <laughs> and it's always things like where you're looking at it and you're like, no, but I do this every time and it should be working now. Yeah. You've done the process of elimination in your head and you're like, right, I've fixed that. I'm making sure this works. Mm. And it's still, it won't do the thing that it usually <laughs> does. Yeah. So you have to call somebody and then they just like press yeah. this, this and that. And Service it, Oh, mate. Oh, that <laughs> feeling when it works again, there's yeah. nothing greater. <laughs> I sometimes say to people, if you want to see a perfect kind of me doing my job, don't watch the IT crowd because we don't have a tape recorder at the side going, hello, IT, have you tried turning it off and on again? No. Yeah. It does, it does work. 50, 40, 50, 40, 50% of our fix, well, probably my fix is not all of them, but are probably sometimes that. Try you know? on and off. On and off again. Is that because the computer just totally resets to what it was? It either goes really slow or the resources mm. are spiking and mm. everything like that. And then, you know, it generally fixes quite a number of problems. You know, I hate saying 
try have you tried turning it off and on again i always say like have you tried power cycling it can you just hold the power button down for me and it just sounds less cheesy you know yeah yeah well power cycle is what um give it a whack mate <laughs> turn it off yeah give it a give it a hit and you're i sometimes fool. i sometimes joke around with the customers and say you're not thrown out the window yet then i guess yeah yeah good company that because i tell you what like i've lost files on my computer before yeah and the amount of desperation and pain that i've been through on that mm. to have somebody just give you a little bit of humor back in and it's yeah. like don't worry mate you're gonna be okay but then make them laugh as well it's like it's the nicest feeling yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely and then I, and i thrive off the feedback of people mm. i might not get it to my manager or on my profile at work for very often mm. but and i never ask for it you know i never ask for someone how can you just put put, put a bit of feedback on uh for me because i want i want to be you know i want i want to have a lot of good Look praise good. from that you know obviously that <laughs> yeah I, I, and i thrive off that when I mean, people mm. say you're amazing thank you very much that's mm. all i need you know amazing and you know when when people say oh it's always the bad stuff that gets bought up at work and mm. no no one ever kind of criticize no, no one ever kind of sees the good stuff i do mm. you know they, i'm sure colleagues and your manager will be like yeah you're all doing a good job you know and we remind each other of it when where i work and in our team all the time you know mm. and i say you know, we always try and you know, it's never personal. I, I truly do love you, mate. <laughs> everything you've done, you into your music, yeah. into the job that you do now, into everything you've just gone. Do you know what I want to do? Help others. Why not? <laughs> and I honestly think if the world had more Tom Grants in it, <laughs> it would be a much nicer place yeah. and much kinder, much easier way of living. And people yeah. just being and getting together, yeah. matey. For this bus, a kid nicked a key out of it. Really? And now we've got to get a button stop on it. And the guy's coming today. <laughs> and I was really? just thinking about it in the podcast. I was like, oh, I bet he's going to come in a bit. So <laughs> I, will, I need to start wrapping it up. Okay. But could you let people know where they can find you? Yeah, sure. All them like parts of it. And just thank you so much for being yeah. here, man. But yeah, yeah. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Tom Grant. You can search me on Instagram. This is the difficult bit. You've got to... <laughs> I, don't, I don't like random models following me on, on Instagram, literally. Okay. And it's a nightmare and you get added to all these group chats so oh I, i've been on that yeah it's horrible know, man it's it is horrible and it's time I, consuming isn't it going through yeah. all these like messages you got like oh loads of gigs lined up and it's like yeah. a robot a robot a robot spam <laughs> yeah, or just yeah. a false gig you know yeah, trying yeah. to buy your guitar off you and okay things. so how did people find you on insta so hmm. my instagram is underscore yep. you know where the hyphen is underscore tg music mm-hmm. 61 you know, yep. and I have it at sixty-one because I saw sixty-one. I, the I course it was I did. Be so much harder, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Underscore Glad Tom. Underscore Tom Grant music, it, and we'll never die. Sixty-one or something. <laughs> Fantastic. Just TG Music sixty-one. I don't really do Twitter, to be honest. You know, but those are my main things. And then, yeah, I, I just have my email address, but. Beauty. Well, guys, thank thank you you again for joining. You've been a part of the old farm bus, back of the bus sessions, and I did tell you he was lovely. (laughs) And was I right? Yeah. I was bloody. Yeah. (laughs) Tom. (laughs) Yeah, you were right. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, though, mate. Anytime. It's a privilege. Thank you so much, and I can't wait to be gigging again. That's all I'm looking forward to now. It won't be too long now. I don't think. I think everyone's the government's got it. They they know what they're doing, don't they? Well. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Guys, that looks at it all. Peace and love. Have a good one. Peace. See you soon. Peace.